Hey friends, thank you for joining me today for this episode of Dr. Mike Live. I want to say this right up front, right at the beginning. You don't need another reason to entertain fear. So I want you to to view this episode and this conversation that I'm going to have with with William Ramsey today uh, within the context that it is offered. And that is this. Satan is real and so are his minions. And they're very active today. And some of you out there are going, well, duh, Mike, of course, Satan is real. You wouldn't believe the number of Christians today who say they don't believe Satan is real. They don't believe that there are such things as demons. They don't believe in, in all of this occultism and, and all of these things. Uh, I've done the research and I know my guest, uh, William Ramsey, has done the research. Satan is real, folks. And what we're going to talk about tonight uh, is is. Well, to put it as plainly as I can, it's just flat out evil. There's no other way to describe it but evil. And uh, so I appreciate William doing the research that he's done. And I've told people like William, I tell Russ Dizdar and others, uh, every time I see them, it takes a special calling from the Lord to, to tackle these kinds of subjects as a vocation. To that be the lane that you're in. To, to tackle this, to do the research, to do the documentaries, to write the books. You've be got to, you have to become very familiar with, with this subject. And so I appreciate you, William, for doing this and um, for exposing what's going on. And, and our topic uh, tonight is the smiley face killers. Um, and, and let me say this, uh, William's YouTube channel is William Ramsey Investigates. So if you go to YouTube, you search William Ramsey Investigates. There you have it. Thank you, Jared. Um, for over 20 years, college-aged men in the United States and uh, the UK have disappeared, normally after a night of drinking, uh, only to be found dead days later, sometimes weeks later, in bodies of water. Local authorities have determined that many of these water deaths are accidental. Well, we're going to give a little different take on that. However, evidence exists that indicates many of these dead young men didn't die by accident, but were actually abducted, held for a period of time, murdered, and then deposited in the bodies of water with the intent to deceive local authorities into thinking the young men accidentally drowned. All of these deaths, these types of deaths, all fitting the same modus operandi, are commonly referred to as the smiley face killings. Often, investigators have found graffiti near the scene of the crime, frequently with the smiley face symbol. In William's documentary, and that's available on Vimeo, there'll be a link up, and I think there's a trailer. There you go. There's a trailer. Um, this might be a good time just to play that trailer, Jared. Let's let's watch this. I 
get that from one of your books. Ritual. Fetishization. Two detectives say that they can link the murder of a Minneapolis college student to the disappearances and deaths of dozens of college men across the country. Josh McNeil, Josh Moan, Zicky, All across the country. Michael Noll. The stories are all the same. Ryan Wells in. An athletic. Craig Burrows. Intelligent. Adam Falcon. Well-liked college student goes missing. Family and friends launch a massive search. Weeks or months later, the young man is discovered drowned. Forty other men in 25 cities. And we knew it wasn't suicide. To learn to live with a broken heart. Perfect, they say, because the water washes away physical evidence. In city after city, at that crucial spot, they say they'd find the killer's trademark, a smiley face. This one, they believe... Josh McNeil, Josh Moan, Nakazicki. Zed, weird. Yeah, the spider just caught a fucking fly. of physical lust to fantasy and practices forbidden by society. When does it end? When can we keep our kids safe? You know, what's happening to them out there? Thank you, Jared. So again, my, my guest tonight is uh, attorney, author, and researcher William Ramsey. He's the author of Prophet of Evil, Aleister Crowley, 9-11, and the New World Order, Abomination, Devil Worship, and Deception in the West Memphis Three Murders, and Children of the Beast, Aleister Crowley's Shadow Over Humanity. He's also produced and directed three documentaries, Occult Hollywood, Prophet of Evil, Aleister Crowley, 9-11, and the New World Order, and The Smiley Face Killers, which is the primary subject matter for our conversation today. Welcome to the show, William. Thank you for joining me. Mike, thanks for having me back. It's great to be here. It's it's always a pleasure to speak with you, William. I appreciate your research. And, and as I said, it 
it uh, it takes a special calling to to stick with this kind of thing. Uh, it causes most people to to cringe and withdraw a little bit because this is dark subject matter, and 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 so I admit that right off of the bat. William and I spoke uh, last in September uh, 2017 when he joined me on Soaring Eagle Radio to discuss uh, Alistair Crowley. That was a fantastic conversation um, because William has has connected the dots to Crowley's. There you go. Thank you, Jared. So it was episode 102. Wow, that's hard to believe. Um, so so we talked and, and, and we named it Luciferian Disciple Maker because that's exactly what Crowley ended up being, didn't he, William? Yeah, absolutely. He kind of created his own satanic religion, no doubt. Yeah, and 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 the the impact that he he's had uh, across the board, whether it's 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 uh, in Hollywood movie stars, uh, in the music industry, there are a lot of people that look to Crowley. Uh, they consider themselves a disciple, more or less. Is that an overstatement? No, not at all. I think that when you start researching a lot of these people, you find that many of these. Uh, well-known musicians trace some of their lineage, if not all of their ideology back to Crowley. For example, mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin, Jimmy Page was a uh, uh, devoted devotee of Crowley. So, you know, you can just go through the list. It's pretty incredible, especially yes, up yeah. to even more modern musician, musicians today. Like there's a couple rappers who have do with that will t- tattooed on their back, which is Crowley's dictum. So it's still relevant to understand uh, Aleister Crowley and his influence, no doubt. Yes. Yeah. So you, you would do well to pick up the books if you want to uh, research this for yourself and and, and uh, learn from what William's already unearthed. Um, I know you've been asked this question dozens of times, William, but it might benefit those, uh, our viewers, those that have tuned in today for this conversation to, to tell us what piqued your curiosity and, and, and what made you start paying attention to what are called the smiley face killers and all of these deaths. What what led you to that to begin with? Well, it's a great question. I was always researching and looking at stuff. And really what, what happened is if you look at what's on the screen there, while I was researching Children of the Beast, I was researching Alan Moore, who in, uh, included Crowley in some of his books from hell and had this smiley face that was kind of in, in, in an integral aspect of his graphic novel, The Watchman. And so I kept seeing this symbol in a very occult context, I was always kind of sensitive to that. And I, while I was researching, it took me a long time to write that book. I had remembered hearing about this kind of urban myth called the smiley face killer. So there was a clear and ob- for me, an obvious tie between the symbology of that and these deaths. So I started researching the, what was known as the smiley face killers. I started to get all of the available information. I read uh, the book who like, there were, four guys who really were the foundation people who started researching the cases. There were two detectives in New York, Gannon and Duarte, and then a professor in Wisconsin by the name of Gilbertson. So I read their book, Case Studies in Forensic Drownings. And as I kept watching that, I was researching people online. There's other people interested in this subject. There were other journalists, so I got all that information. And that's kind of where the, the seed of what what would grow into the film that I made and uh, and published in October 2017? Yeah, and and now that's available on Vimeo, and and I'll just tell you, folks, it's it's very well done. It is a long documentary. It's three plus hours, William. Yeah, three hours twenty seven minutes. Yeah, 
Yeah. But uh, well, well worth it if you're wanting to research these things. So so let's set a framework here for folks that are that are viewing today, William. Young men, generally healthy, uh, between the ages of 19, 28 for, for the most part. There, there are a couple that have fallen just a little bit outside of that, maybe in their early 30s. But they're being abducted, they're being tortured, murdered, and then dumped in bodies of water. That's, that's the general framework folks that uh that the smiley face killers that's the that's the focus now one of the things i want to bring up to really bring this home to folks that live in the midwest and, and i think i'm correct in saying this william you can please correct me if i'm wrong that victim zero known as victim zero was actually uh, a young man that was found in the seattle river in in columbus ohio that was a more recent case. The more recent case that I was uh, that really set my my interest in the, these cases was a young man by the name of Joey Labute, and he uh, yes. disappeared three years almost this week out of a bar in what's called the short north part of Columbus, Ohio, a series of bars, and that was the really the first case that I followed of a young man where I knew he had disappeared, and 19 days later he was found in the Scioto River, yeah. and that was really it. So I know he had disappeared, but they, they, he had been in, found in an area that was previously searched. So that's a, another commonality of these types of cases is that they're very detailed water searches involving specialized divers who really know how to do this. And um, his death was not actually, in, which is an anomaly, was not characterized as a murder. It was, un, I think it's still unknown how he died. But the victim zero that's commonly referred to as one of the early cases is a guy by the name of Patrick McNeil. Mm, he was okay. a Fordham student in Manhattan in New York City who was found in Waterworks. And that it's interesting to, to talk about that case because it actually comes full circle, circle because famed uh, forensic pathologist Cyril Weck looked at the autopsy report, report of that original victim zero, Patrick McNeil, and found that he had been tortured which was not publicly known for like 10 years because the original medical examination autopsy was not made public. And he is also now involved in a case that just popped back up, which was Dakota James out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, who disappeared about two years ago, which was another case that I followed. And he also found ligature marks on the neck of Dakota James. This is a very, it's a pretty dark subject. I'm sorry. So people, if they're sensitive, be very careful. I wouldn't listen to this around young kids, but very graphic. And Dakota James was missing for 40 days. And what was disturbing days. about disturbing about Dakota James is that his body was not in a state of, of advanced decomposition. There are pictures of his body that it was, it seemed evident that he was not in the river for very long. So uh, why are these people being kept? Why are, why are they, they disappeared for times in places that were found and in my documentary, I show the Dakota James case because there's a sequence in a police report where they show that they searched the area where he was the night before he was found on a Monday morning. So, uh, so, so the really the the the, the Joey Labute case is very important to me because that was the first case that I followed a disappearance from a disappearance out of a bar with strange texts. The strange text is another commonality. Gay. Um, apps and gay websites is another similar thing for at least the victims who are in that community in the LGBT community. 
Um, but uh, yeah, that was a real tragedy. Was Joey Labute? You mentioned um, Alan Moore and um, his his books, The Watchman. Um, that that kind of tipped you off, didn't it, to the significance of the smiley face? The smiley face is really, and you you mentioned it in reference to Crowley, but um, that has some occult symbolism. Uh, absolutely, yeah, and, that absolutely tipped me off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I so, think that. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I apologize. no, no, you'd go right ahead, Wayne. Well, I think that the really the thing is, is that I think what that that symbol symbolizes, and it's used in by occultists to this day. Uh, it, it symbolizes that the universe is a big joke, and I talked about it in my documentary. And that the comedian who was the first kind of victim of the Watchmen was somebody who was in Vietnam who committed all kinds of acts of violence and thought it was a big joke. So I think that it's a common kind of grinning type of evil that some of these occultists have. So they look at their serious crimes in a, in a joking light manner. And that's why that smiley face, I believe, is applied to a significant proportion of these deaths and probably other kind of things that have gone, like other types of murders and things like that, all, all in other contexts. So I do believe that smiley face is used in occult significance. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's, it's, it's almost like it's mocking um, mocking uh, the righteous or those that that think there's there's significance to life there's value to life there um, the world has and and people have meaning and purpose in their lives this this whole smiley face used in in occultic uh, ways is almost mocking or laughing at 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 that whole understanding of life isn't it Absolutely. And I think that's an excellent point. And you'll see a lot of these victims have a very strong faith. There is a there is a preponderance of these people being Christians or there are a few people from of uh, Jewish people, but there's very few who are actually occultists. You know, there's a lot of people who walk into the wrong place, it seems like, and then end up in the water. But uh, there is a significant proportion i think of these people who are practicing christians or involved at church so i do think that that's an aspect of at least some of these crimes and no doubt and i talk about uh one person in my documentary i think that is very important as a study his name was peter christopherson who was in a band that traveled around that used the smiley face and people that he was associated have this symbol but he um was kind of like a, a modern day black magician. He studied Crowley. He kept Crowley artifacts and, and artistry. And really what the, that symbol that I show at the beginning of my documentary of somebody in a fetish outfit with a water tube. And I mean, it's really graphic, a tube in her mouth comes from Peter Christopherson because he made a video called broken for um, a band called nine inch nails. And that broken was actually kind of a depiction of what I think is almost the exact M.O. of what's happening to these young men, where uh, Peter Christopherson depicted driving around, finding a victim, tying him up, all types of torture, and then drowning him. Um, and then they don't really show what happens to the body. But um, And it ties into what you said in the intro about evil, because Christopherson, I believe, thought he was evil. And he was he actually, in the end of my documentary, I include a picture of him wearing a T-shirt that says, I'm evil. So... I think that that's what side he was playing on was the left-hand path, like the opposite of Christendom. And he was a very strange person, but uh, uh, within that community too, he was part of the LGBT community. So it's, uh, yeah. I think that was an important person to study. 
Yeah, yeah. So that brings up a very interesting um, dichotomy to me, William, as I'm, I'm thinking about all of this. Now, uh, one of the things that is, is absent from the investigations of, of these deaths, and, and you bring this out in your documentary, and I've heard you say this a number of times, is that law enforcement, by and large, they, they uh, define these as accidental drownings, exactly. when, when clearly that's not the case. Um, well, if that's a very important point about these cases. Why are the, why are the police quick to assert or make this determination that they're accidental when there's something suspicious about them? They're young men. They're actually the opposite of people who would drown in water. They're just typically athletic. They're typically in good health. Why are they tripping and falling in? And the, the assumption is, is that they're all very drunk. And I show in my documentary in a number of cases, these guys are fine. Kelleher, Garcia, they're walking around talking with people. They're clearly not super inebriated. And if, even if they're super inebriated, how are they sober enough to get the water and then drown? So there's all kinds of problems with the police judgment. And it brings up a larger issue as to why these law enforcement agencies are not taken serious. Now, there is recent updates. Uh, there was the original investigators did a six-part series on oxygen about the smiley face killer. So it was Gannon, Gilbertson, Duarte, and another guy by the name of Dom Donovan. And they covered the original five cases that they covered in their book, plus Dakota James. And the mother of in that was fascinating. I would recommend people watch that. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, I'm sorry, iTunes. And I believe Amazon on demand. Uh, it's called Smiley Face Killers. I can't remember the, the full title, but they, the mother, these mothers are very persistent. And the mother of Dakota James uh, was, was really trying to talk to the DA in, um, in Pittsburgh, PA. And she sat down and in that meeting she had with the DA was a member of the Secret Service and a member of the FBI. So mm. that is an important update. So somebody, that I have no idea about is definitely, and I had no idea they were working on this project either. I've had really no contact with Gannon Gilbertson or uh, uh, Duarte. I thought they dropped off the map. So they're working independent of me. My findings are independent of theirs, which I confirm their findings. That's just as an aside. But there are updates, and there are two cases that have changed the determination. One was Chris Jenkins out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, where the police actually changed from accidental death to murder. And there was a more recent one. I think it was either Holman. I can't remember, but it was in this more recent six part documentary on oxygen where the, the police sergeant said, or the police captain said, we're changing it from accidental. So I do believe people are starting to, to look over these cases again, but they're, and also they're not just happening in the U S they're happening in the UK. There's cases, Liam Colgan in um, Germany, Vienna. So it seems to be a global kind of phenomenon. Yeah. Now, William, how much um, how much of a factor do you think for law enforcement uh, is is the clear ties, the clear signs of, of occultism? How much of a factor is that in them not wanting to really delve too deeply into this and go down that road? There seems to be a not just a reluctance, but a resistance to acknowledging that um, this this 
young man may have been a victim of an, of an occult ritual. That it's, it's almost like they didn't want to open that door. Yes, it's a great point. And I think you've seen it in other cases, whether it's the son of Sam, which is heavily occult, where they just go in and say it's one guy. So I think that this, I do not believe for an instant that one person is committing these crimes. I believe I came to the mm-hmm. conclusion that mm-hmm. they're communicating. And, yeah. you know, Peter Christopherson mm-hmm. himself was a heavy duty occultist. So I do believe there's a cold aspect. Some people have tied these cases to the moon phases. Um, there's been uh, associations with water, which uh, there have been drowned water sacrifices seen in the past. This mm-hmm. idea of on Antonus, the ideal gay lover of Hadrian, Emperor Hadrian, was drowned in the Nile. So some people have talked about that. I don't have any conclusion, but I do believe something occult is going on in a significant amount of cases. And there was one case actually out of Georgia with a young man by the name of Nas Rahimi. He was, he was all the way from Perth, Australia, but he was visiting Georgia and he was associating with these people who were outright witches. And then he ends up disappeared and ends up in and really not very much water, shallow water uh, in outside of Atlanta, Georgia. So, um, there is definitely, for me, an association with that. And I believe that these cases have risen within the context of the rise of global communication. So I believe that there, there is some kind of dark web or something. Mm-hmm. And that's why this MO is learned. And it's, it's, uh, it's a scary point. But I like your point about not addressing the occult. I do believe that uh, the police are not willing to actually go to that point. It's, it's uh, discredited. And there's a bunch of reasons why. Which, which shouldn't be evidence because I actually wrote in my book, Abomination, about how many occultists committed murder uh, influenced by the occult, which is on public record. I mean, you can go down the list. So the FBI has always referenced the Lanning Report, which I've discredited on my, at least I think I've discredited on my YouTube channel, William Ramsey Investigates. And uh, they always say that there's no in- occult influence. But when you read it and you put your kind of legal hat on, Cap, cap on and read the landing report. He discred. You have to be to abide by what the their definition of occult crime. You almost like have to be in the in the mist with two people at night, wearing a gown, holding <laughs> yeah. a crowley book, having yeah. a knife. And if you don't have any of those indices, it's not an occult motivated crime. So they kind of definitionally excise almost every occultist out of committing a cult crime. So it's, if you really critique the landing report, um, there, it comes up short, in my opinion, without any question. Also, another thing I would encourage people to see is I did a recent video on my YouTube channel, William Ramsey Investigates, called Debunking the Failed Debunkers, because people have tried to debunk the, this uh, phenomenon, and there were a couple papers that, uh, one, there was an FBI report saying it wasn't happening. There was... Uh, something that's always referenced from the Center for Homicide Research, but they, they're they looking at it through a paradigm that was pre-2010. Uh, so it's an old paradigm, and I, I think I take 20 minutes. And because the reason I brought that up is because in this oxygen series, you can see on your screen, there was a bunch of uh, so-called journalists talking about it and referencing these documents as as debunking this phenomenon. But the lists that are out there of victims is about 250 to 300 people. And a lot of these people are looking at through the Gilbert Gannon paradigm. They don't really have the, enough information granted, but that's all they're seeing. There's a lot more cases than Gilbert and Gannon have publicized. And it's interesting. 
just to bring up your earlier report, just one more thing, sorry, but Gilbert and Gannon have said that they found 12 occult symbols associated with these murders, but they're not telling the public about 11 of those 12. They know, they say publicly that they have 12. They mentioned the smiley face, but there's these other kind of cryptic things that they've talked about. And in certain, like uh, in certain cases, I've seen these drawings, which are uh, hyper sigils. They're like sigils that magicians use. And it was one of the cases they covered outside of Philadelphia, and his name was Tommy Booth. So they covered that. So that was a heavy-duty occult reference uh, right there where Tommy Booth was found inside. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's. thank you. Thank you, William. Now, I'm going to have one more question for William. But, Kathy, if there are any questions out there on the social media uh, platforms, please get those ready. We'll, we'll ask those questions of William here in just a moment. And, Jared, if there's any out there on YouTube. Um, one of the things that that is prevalent in, in a lot of these cases that you point out, William, is the presence of um, GHB, GHB. What, what is that and what is what effect does that have on the body? That's a great question. Uh, GHB is an acronym for gamma hydroxybutyrate, which is endogenous, meaning it's in the human body, but in higher doses. It acts as a sedative, and it's known as a date, like Rohypnol or Rufi's, it's known as a date rape drug. But it's also a drug that's used within the homosexual community as an augmenter of, you know, what their practices are. So that, but so they've had, like, uh, deaths associated with a guy here in Los Angeles. His name was Ed Buck. I would, if people want to research that. Also, I covered a GHB grinder killer in London, outside of London. He was East London, and his name was, uh, oh, he was basically a guy who was using GHB to abduct, and uh, his name was Stephen Port. And uh, so this GHB is known in some parts, subsects, in my opinion, subsections of the LGB community as as a something used in their practices. So it's seen... Uh, really, Gilbertson and Gannon really saw it in a lot of the 14 victims that they covered in case studies and forensic drownings. So, and uh, it's, there's a lot of people who've uh, had experiences like they've been drugged. And it's actually becoming more common in these bar scenes that a lot of druggings are taking place, some in LA, some in Miami. There were stories in uh, the recent one in Melbourne, Florida, where the police were actually investigating all these bars because there was such a, a high incidence of people being drugged. And Gilbert Gannon and Gilbertson found that there were survivors of people who'd been drugged who just kind of popped out of their spell. And uh, there was actually a recent article by, her name is Egan, E-G-A-N, which was on Daily Beast. It was published probably three months ago that talked about, she talked to a friend of Dakota James, who I mentioned early in Pittsburgh. And it seems like there was a trial run for his abduction where he had called a friend and said, I don't know where I am. I've been missing for three hours. And he seemed to pop out of consciousness or pop into consciousness. And he was scared. And um, it seems like there was something hyper suspicious about him. So like uh, he might've been a target, which is really scary. And that was that article, EGAN for the Daily Beast. And she was interviewed by Ed Opperman. So that people can reference that as well. But uh, yeah, so GHP is definitely a component, seems to be a component in many of these these deaths. Yeah, yeah. Well, a couple of things, and, and then we're going to go to the questions. Uh, uh, one is, folks, listen, this is 
reality. This is what's going on. These are the days that we live in. Hollywood gets their ideas from someplace. They don't invent things out of thin air. They've got connections to the occult world, occult practitioners. The things that you see on the screen is mimicking what's happening in real life. That's the first point. Second point is we should be asking questions. Why are these types of murders, What? why is all of this being censored? Christian, you're being misled and, and, and you're being deceived into believing that the greatest problem we have today is being censored on Facebook or Twitter. It isn't. Evil is running roughshod over America. Do you understand what's happening in America today? Right in front of our eyes, but they're censoring it. They don't want you to see it until it's time for you to see it. Folks, we need to get in the game. Brothers and sisters, we need to get in the game. Researching, talking about this stuff, bringing it up, talking about why is it being censored? Why is it being hidden from our... I'll tell you why. Because of the connections and where it goes back to and the people responsible for it. That's why. End of rant. How about some questions? Kathy, are there any questions? Hear me? Yep. I do. I do. Okay. I've had somebody on Facebook. I'm scrolling back up here to find it. Sorry. Um, they're pointing out about all the deaths that are related to the Clintons. And they're wondering if these, any of these deaths could be related to the smiley face killers. Not to my knowledge. It's really kind of a, uh, really a specific group. Like Mike talked about in the intro, 19 to 28, probably the mean is 23 to 24 years old. And that's really the, 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 the real pool group. Now, I do believe that there has been some women, there's been older people who've tried to like copycat. There's been like five cases in Austin over the last year. And there was one older guy whose name I won't mention, but he was 38, but he was found in a very obvious place. There's no way he could have kind of just fallen off a bridge and died there. But I do believe that the, the center pool, of the smiley face killers that fits this kind of uh, the, what we're kind of talking about is that kind of age group. And I've never seen anything. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I think yeah, they're like Mike said, there's a reason why these cases are not being covered. There's a reason where it goes. They, uh, you go, if you want to have a really bad day, follow the Dakota James case and follow why the DA isn't covering that case as a murder. He was missing for, for it's off the charts. It's off the charts. For 40 days, you said William is missing? Missing for 40 days after mass. And this is actually common in a lot of these cases is that they're missing for so long out of the, uh, to, not to be graphic, but a body, if you're in water, depending upon a lot of different factors, mostly temperature, the body uh, releases gases and floats. And so they usually, after, you know, three, four days, it's not... Uh, difficult for people to be found but why are these other 14 days joy labute where is he where is he mm -hmm. um and it's interesting when joy labute in columbus it was a big like a big day for columbus because that's when the arnold schwarzenegger classic was taking place so a bunch of a bunch of bodybuilders and people in that community all this i don't i think it's a huge event i think it's 50 to 100 000 people i don't know actual details but a lot of people come into town 
and he's at a bar and that's the same ownership owns a gay bar across the street in the short north he's on grinder you know so uh mm-hmm. but yeah i there's there's a reason why they're not being investigated i can't go into yeah yeah well i <laughs> yeah I'll probably say it before okay, the show's well, up. Well, 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 I mean, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, Mike, at all. Yeah, I'm yeah no, I, I know you're not because we've talked off record before. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, Kathy, any other questions? I'm not seeing any. He mentions about um, the law enforcement involvement, but it looks like they don't go too deep into it. So I think you've kind of covered that too. Well, I, I don't even know if the law enforcement is necessarily involved, but I've talked to Derek Gilbert on uh, Skywatch TV, and he made a really great comment. It was like the mayor in, I think it was Amityville, where the Jaws shark is, you know? Like, they didn't want to disturb. Can you imagine if the public knew that some of these hotspots, which is really happening in Boston, New York, Philadelphia, that there were serial killers predating or preying on young men, what it would do to the colleges and to that economy and I mean, I literally, I mean, I would, I wanted to say this in summation, but I've got to tell you, if you have a young person going to a college, a man, that you literally could get something awful like this happen and the police won't follow up on it and they'll, they'll mischaracterize it as an accident and you, you'll never get justice for your family. So you got to really be careful where you're sending your loved ones to. You really got to really be careful. You got to be careful these days. It's not safe. So. That's, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, and, and, and whoever is doing that, whoever is responsible for this, they're snatching people right, a, right out from under uh, other people's noses and from, from crowds. You discuss a case, uh, William, where, where a young man was leaving a Boston Celtics basketball game. So at the TD Ameritrade or whatever the, right. the Coliseum is, he's leaving with 20,000 other fans and he disappears. Right. There was actually two cases. There was a one was Hurley who was covered in this new oxygen series who literally was calling his girlfriend waiting on a street corner and disappeared and then found in I think it's the St. James River, which is almost like a a pond. It's not even a fast flowing river. It has like a series of barriers and stuff. And then the more recent one was Kelleher. And both of these guys are supposedly really drunk. But Kelleher's walking upright and able to catch an Uber at the Paul Revere Park on the other side of the river. And his, his cell phone pings south, which is very mysterious. So his cell phone pings going south closer to, I think it was MIT. And then he ends up north again back in the river. So Kelleher and Hurley are two cases that came out of TDI Arena. Mike, this, the same type of MO, exact MO. And they were found very close to each other, actually, in the river, three years apart. Yeah. Any questions in the queue? Anybody have a question in the queue? Got to unmute yourself if you do. I have another one from Facebook. Okay, go ahead. Um, They're wanting to know if he has any, uh, if he knows anything about the book called Bloodlines of the Illuminati and if any of that info could be tied into what he's talking about. You know, I think that... I mean, I'm, I'm very aware of it. it's uh, Fritz Springmeier's book, Bloodlines of the Illuminati, where he traces a lot of those families. And if that's the gist of it, I think that, um, so, so I think that you'll find, I think that, 
like I didn't ascribe any of these deaths to one specific individual, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if a very wealthy person, an elitist, is traveling around. And I've, I've attached this these cases to the advent of the internet, but also to the rise of the modern transportation system where people can move and go from town to town. So people come into town, this is speculation, and Joey Labute dies and then they leave, right? So that there's no trace. And if things are planned, then that's it. So I wouldn't be surprised if at some point the pu uh, the public or somebody figures out some some intrepid researcher finds that a very wealthy person from out of town. And I've talked to other people whose names I won't name, but there was a case of a Chinese guy who was studying at a smaller school outside of in Minnesota who came in and committed crimes. He like uh, sexually abused either a man or a woman, and they they found out that he pulled the same stunt in sydney australia so there was another suspicious thing that happened but he was from china so you know i think that they were fortunate to actually catch him and i can't remember the name so i wouldn't be surprised if you found out that somebody who travels frequently who's above money doesn't have to worry about costs or anything is associated with these the deaths of these young men yeah William, you mentioned uh, one former FBI agent who had the courage to, to say, hey, <laughs> the signs are there. This is what's going on. His name was uh, D'Souza. D'Souza. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And, and he just he just called it like he saw it. These are these are looking more and more like sacrifices to some dark God. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah. I mean. Like when I I had three like typology offenders, it was Land Guy Landfear, Port, Christofferson in my documentary, varied people from different walks of life, different locales, all target targeted young people. And Landfear was like a married guy. He had had some kind of heterosexual relationship, but he had two young men that he had snatched from bars late at night for somehow he had keyed into uh, going to these bars late at night, and that's how he found his victims. So um, I do think that some of them might be definitely have a, a cult motivation, black magic uh, thing. But some I think are are maybe, and you know, you know, some of these people aren't researched. Like you said, they don't even look into the cult aspects of some of these people. They don't see if they're into witchcraft or anything like Stephen Port. That never came up, but. Uh, which yeah, is amazing because with 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 social media, everybody puts everything on social media. It, it wouldn't be hard to find if someone was involved in those kinds of things, and yet right. they, they never do the research. Well, it's interesting you bring that up in context of Stephen Port. He was actually got a fake name on social media. He had tons of mm -hmm. fake names. So he was on all these gay apps under fake names and he was actually monitoring a friend of one of his victims on a fake name on Facebook to wow. see if he knew stuff about what he was up to. So he was very clever and he got away with it for a long time. They don't know the, multi the totality of his victims. They only have him for four victims. And it's also a remarkable case for a lot because the peop the police, there's actually an inquest that's coming up sometime this year where they're going to censure a lot of cops in or policemen in London because they never traced him to the murders, but the person who caught Stephen Port was a loved one of the family who just kept nagging the police for the CCTV video of their loved one. When they, I can't remember his name, and when they got that video, they saw him with another man, and they said, 
who's that guy? Who is that guy? And it was Stephen Port, the murder of their their brother or something. So um, you're going to see a lot of these cases. The, the mothers of these victims are not going away. So yeah. And now was that the case? Cannot- Yes, was William? Was that the case where the guy lived close to a church and he was dumping him in a churchyard? Yes, that's Stephen Port exactly. The grinder killer. I did an interview with Stephen Warren called the Grinder Serial Killer. So you can read about that. There's a book about that. There's a couple of really good documentaries about that. But uh, heavily involved in GHB, chem sex parties, really under really heavy duty underground stuff, and really deceptive. Bunch of different names. He wore a wig. Mm-hmm. He lied about his age. Yeah, really, it's really yeah, dark, crazy. Dark. And, and by the way, folks, this isn't just a brand new phenomenon. This has been going on for 20 years that that police have identified. Is that accurate, William? Yeah, I would say so. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that. Yeah, I mean, they just caught a guy in Toronto. His name was like MacAndrews in Toronto, and he was a serial killer operating up on that in, in the gay community. So, you know, these there, I do believe that there are a couple of serial killers operating, no doubt. And yeah. you know what, Pastor Mike, it's so much, it's easier to target the LGBT men, especially because LGBT men are always on the prowl for anonymous or no strings attached sex. Mm. So it's so easy to lure uh, a man in the LGBT movement away from anywhere without him telling anyone where he's going or what he's going to do. That's a great point, David. Yeah. And that's that there's a grinder. There's a, these gay apps, Stephen Port, Dakota James, Joey LeBute, Verrett, who was outside of Philadelphia. A lot of these guys are on apps and it's pretty remarkable that none of that information about what they were doing and who were they talking to on those apps ever came public. But at least here in Los Angeles, they've had people on those apps who were like, you know, beating people up and taking their money. So, you know, there's a, definitely an element of danger. Um, and an, as somebody told me that you, it's easy to spoof a to, uh, uh, identity on those apps uh, on Grinder. So you may not be talking to the same person you think you're talking to. Yeah, good point. Good point. Absolutely. All the, all the apps can be downloaded and then deleted. You can deny... Uh, and, and as soon as you delete them, they delete everything that you put into them. So, you know, mm. it could be anybody that you're talking to. And they're everywhere. Just uh, last year, we stopped at a rest stop and we downloaded Grinder, And there were 32 or 33 people within 500 feet of that rest stop looking for sex. Wow. I've heard that in LA. It's like crazy. Like there's tens of thousands of people at any given time, you know, mm-hmm. in certain parts of West Hollywood and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you just, uh, you, you, thank you, David, because you just identified what I was going to say. So that's the connection that, that I see. That's a, that's a major aspect of this connection. Um, any other questions? David, any other comments? No. Um. You know what? Other than what he touched on about GHB and it being uh, not only used as a date rape rape drug, but also in the LGBT world, it is used as what the excuse me what they call liquid ecstasy. Like it's like it's called an enhancer, um, so that you can engage in those types of activities that are painful normally. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, that's it. A lot of good yeah. stuff and. 
and a lot of these cases I know because I've I've um I know them. <laughs> yeah. Any Kathy, any other questions out there? Any any other questions in the queue? I have someone asking if it could be gang related initiation rights. Well, you know, that's a, that's an unknown. I don't know. I think that uh, if you see some of these other cases, there was a case here, even in Los Angeles, a very popular bar scene. It was uh, in Hermosa Beach. The young man's name was Van Zant, and he was last seen going into a liquor store. And then they found video of him with like a group of four or five other people. So, you know, there might be some element where they're trying and testing and uh, whether it's an initiatory thing. I don't know, but you can see in some of these other cases, it's clearly a group. There was another case that I studied, this guy, Scott Radel, who um, I think it was either Minnesota or Wisconsin, but he was chased by a group of people and the father, you know, there's a lot of comments by the families, but the father said, it's pretty, pretty clear my son was murdered by a group of people who are traveling from bar area and bar area to the state and murdering people. So whether it's an initiatory thing or whether it's a group thing and people agreed on, there have been groups of people who like the Ripper crew, I think they were in Chicago. So there have been like occult groups, the Ripper crew. They just, one of the guys finally just got paroled. I think this week, um, the Ripper crew was a satanic crew, preyed upon women, drove around, did all horrible things. And, uh, so it's not unheard of that this, this is out of the plaza. So they're, I do believe there are people out there doing this stuff that have not been caught. Yes. Yeah. Folks, I would, I would encourage you to uh, start following, subscribe to, to William's YouTube channel. Uh, lots of fantastic information. Uh, in fact, William interviews some, some uh, excellent guests and the information that they share is, is well worth uh, listening to. Uh, William Ramsey investigates on YouTube uh, and William, where can they find your books? What's the, where's the best place to go? Amazon or right now Amazon. I got to reset up my, my, uh, I got to get a new webpage. I was dissatisfied with my last one. So Amazon's just the best way they can have it shipped right to them. There's also digital copies as well. And the big, the movie that you can watch is on Vimeo. You just have to type yeah. in William Ramsey smiley face. Yes. Do that on Vimeo and, uh, and you can watch that there. Well, William, I appreciate you joining me today. I'm, I'm going to take just a break for a couple of um, couple of announcements, and then we'll close out the show. Uh, so if you just hang with me for a minute. No problem. No problem. Uh, um, Jared, let's go to uh, Occupy. Okay, yep, before, there you go. Wisconsin Christian News. That's a good place to start. We'll start at Wisconsin Christian News. <laughs> Folks, you know that I like to, to encourage you to support those ministries that, that I appreciate. They're doing great work for the Lord. They're, they're steadfast. They've proven over time that they're faithful. Uh, Rob Pugh, the editor, publisher of the Wisconsin Christian News, he would appreciate your support. Best Christian newspaper anywhere. And I, I think the last time I talked to Rob, he told me there's only like 12 of these newspapers left. There used to be a couple of hundred. They're down to like a dozen now. And I've seen a lot of them over the years, folks. Rob's got the best one going, Wisconsin Christian News. You can subscribe there one year for 25 bucks. I mean, how are you going to beat that? I know Rob would appreciate it. Tell him, tell him when you subscribe, Pastor Mike sent you. 
Would you do that? Hey, listen, we are streaming live on Before It's News. Streaming live on Before It's News. What? Did you know that? Yeah. The, the, the live show is on Before It's News. So there you go, right there. So check out that page. They're, they're posting my articles, things that I write there. See, there you go. We're looking at it right now live. And a big shout out to Mike. Thank you, Mike, for making that happen. We, we appreciate it. Um, you can also find stuff on uh, Capitol Hill Outsider. I want to give a shout out to Chip uh, for posting my stuff out there on Capitol Hill Outsider. Right there's the, my last article that was posted the other day, The Demise of the Logic of Moral Reasoning. I'm taking on the social uh, justice warriors, cultural Marxists on campuses uh, across America. So that's what that article is about there. Uh, and then uh, news with views, news with views. Um, Coach Dave is on there. Rob Pugh's on there. That's the last article that was posted there on news with views. You are what you eat. You are what you eat. Are you, are you eating organic food, which is the word of God that you're studying for yourself? Or are you eating processed food, which you're just being spoon fed by other Bible teachers? And, and therefore, you don't know whether it's true or not because you haven't studied it for yourself. Folks, you need to be eating organic food. Get into the Bible for yourself. You are what you eat. Part two. Coach Dave has a conference coming up in Canton, Ohio. Uh, well, we're in April now. There you go. April the 12th, 13th and 14th. Uh, you can get your tickets online. I think there are a few still available. Uh, and if you're going to stay at the hotel, make sure that you mention you're there for the conference so you can get the conference rate. And, and if you don't do it quickly, the hotel rates are going to go up maybe in the next day or so. And, and I don't know about the ticket rates. They may be going up as well. I think I heard Coach say something about that. So if you're going to go, if you're on the fence, you better make the decision now. Get your tickets while they're at that special price. Watch Coach Dave live Monday through Fridays, 7 to 8 a.m. Monday through Friday, 7 to 8 a.m. Coach Dave live. Encourage you to do that. It'll be a shot of adrenaline for your morning. I tell Coach all the time, I don't need my coffee when I listen to Coach. Then you need to join David Arthur, the Alphabet Man, live Monday through Friday, 9 a.m., 9 a.m., to 9.30 a.m., Alphabet Men Live, Monday through Friday. My brother David Arthur, there you go. I belong, amen.com, Monday through Friday. And then uh, we've got David Hevner Live is uh, Mondays at 8 p.m. Jared, I can't uh, believe how fast you type. David Hevner TV. <laughs> David Hevner is live at 8 o'clock on Mondays. Jared's a busy guy. Do you realize that? Jared is a very, very busy guy, and I know he would appreciate uh, uh, your support. Alpha Technology. Alpha Technology is Jared's site. You can go there and show your appreciation for Jared and and uh, uh, give him a donation. That would be fantastic. There you go, right there. Alpha Technology. Jared makes Coach Dave Live possible. He makes the Alphabet Man Live possible. He makes David Hevner uh, Live possible. He does Dr. Mike Live. He makes Ray Moore live possible Tuesdays at 11 a.m. And there are other shows. I know there are other things that Jared's involved in. Give him some support, some financial support. All of this takes time and money. And while we're talking about 
financial support, I'd appreciate if you go to Dr. Mike Live. If you're online watching this on the drmikelive.com platform, if you're on that platform watching this this uh, conversation with William, right there's the donate button. I appreciate your support, your financial support, pays the bills and keeps us going. Thank you very much for that. All right, we've got a couple of minutes left. Uh, We've been talking with William Ramsey, the uh, producer of the documentary, The Smiley Face Killers. That's available on Vimeo. Uh, You can go out there, you can rent it, you can buy it. Uh, watch it. We showed the trailer at the beginning of uh, of this episode. There you go. Thank you, Jared. You can rent it for four ninety nine. You can buy it for twelve bucks. Listen, that's a deal. Three hours, and I think you said William twenty seven minutes. Right. So you're going to get your money's worth, folks. That's a lot Great. of information. <laughs> that's a lot of information out there. Check out William's books on Amazon. You won't be disappointed that you did. William, I appreciate you joining me today. It's it's been a, a fast hour, and uh, even though this subject matter is um, is kind of heavy, and and people quite naturally, and, and at least those of us who 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 have a soul that hasn't been captured and imprisoned uh, by Satan, we we naturally recoil a little bit from this. So I appreciate you uh, doing this research and then presenting it for people. And I especially appreciate you doing this so that the body of Christ can be informed and equipped. We need to understand what is going on in our world. There's some dark stuff going on, isn't there? Yes, absolutely. This is one of them. These cases are definitely one of them and they've been kind of kept in the darkness and I was hoping just to bring them to light. So I appreciate you having me and uh, all the help with all of your associates and cohorts here is to really appreciate you helping me get the word out. So thank you very much. Amen. You're, you're welcome, William. I am blessed to do it. Shining the light in the darkness, folks. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We have nothing, nothing to fear. And that includes these individuals who have been possessed of our enemy. We don't have to fear them either. We should be shouting the gospel of Jesus Christ that sets people free into that darkness. Don't be afraid of them ever. Remember folks, renewing our minds is not an option. I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining me. God bless you. Amen. Hi friends, Works LLC is a manufacturer of custom made holsters, mag carriers, knife sheaths and accessories. Works is your one-stop shop for high-quality inside or outside the waistband concealed carry holster. Works LLC is a Christian and family-owned and operated company that values made in the USA. Visit Works LLC, www.werkz.com, works.com, Works LLC, 855-937-5901, 855-937-5901, Works LLC.